Good morning and welcome to St James's Church. Uh, we're going to begin by looking at our Bible readings for today. Uh, our first reading is from John chapter 14 verses 1 to 7 and Jesus speaking to his disciples says this. Do not let your hearts be troubled. Trust in God and trust also in me. There is more than enough room in my father's home. If this were not so, would I have told you that I'm going to prepare a place for you? When everything is ready, I will come and get you, so that you will always be with me where I am, and you know the way to where I am going. No, we don't know, Lord, Thomas said. We have no idea where you are going, so how can we know the way? Jesus told him, I am the way, the truth and the life. No one can come to the Father except through me. If you had really known me, you would know who my father is. From now on, you do know him and have seen him. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Our second reading continues our series from Peter's first letter. It's 1 Peter chapter 1 and verses 3 to 5. Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. In his great mercy, he has given us new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead and into an inheritance that can never perish, spoil or fade. This inheritance is kept in heaven for you, who through faith are shielded by God's power until the coming of the salvation that is ready to be revealed in the last time. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. So let's pray. Uh, as we come to look at this together. Heavenly Father, thank you for your word. And we invite you to come now by your Holy Spirit, wherever we might be, that we might hear your voice speaking to our hearts. We ask in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, so this morning we're talking about hope. So I want to ask you to think for a second about what is it that you hope in? Or let's put it this way. What gives you hope? What helps you to feel secure? What helps you to feel like uh, life is going to be okay? For me, um, there's a number of answers to that question. There's obviously the answer of Jesus, because Jesus is always the right answer. But actually, I have hope in my family. The fact that I've invested in a family that, that love me, that look out for me, that, that want the best for me, and that in the future, if things are difficult, I, I feel I can trust my family will be there and they will support me. Or possibly my hope is in um, property, for, let's say. Um, Ali and I had a house when we got married and when we uh, went off to Vicar Factory we rented that house out um, and we still do and so as um, as clergy we, we're given somewhere to live um, but with property prices doing what they're doing and all the uncertainty about housing when we finish working for the Church of England we retire um, there is a, a small semi-detached house that we can go to there is a place for us uh, that we can hope for that we can 
that we know is there, that we've got some, there is a safety net. Uh, not that being a vicar is a tightrope walk or anything, but you see, I mean, I, I have hope in that um, we have that resource available. What else? Do I hope in my education? The fact that I've got a certificate from a theology college, uh, a certificate from uh, Sheffield University saying that I've, I've studied English and drama, so that uh, if I were to lose my job as a vicar, uh, there are that would help me to get another job. I would be still employable uh, and able to earn money uh, even if the worst had happened. It's my hope in my body, uh, in my health in my fitness, in the fact that I can I can go out and I can do things, I'm independent, uh, I'm in control of, um, of myself and what I do. The, the truth is, all of these things are true. And yet our reading from Peter uh, is subtitled in our, um, in our reading, Praise to God for a Living Hope. All praise to God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. It's by his great mercy we've been born again, because God raised Jesus Christ from the dead. Now we live with great expectation, and we have a priceless inheritance, an inheritance that is kept in heaven for you. There is this sense for Peter uh, that the people he's written, writing to, who are those who've been persecuted and have fled, so they are refugees or there are people making a new life in different places. He's saying, you have an inheritance. You have something that is coming for you that you can rely on. Now, um, there's been quite a lot of talk, particularly during uh, lockdown, about inheritance, uh, particularly in the context of property. The fact that uh, if you are in your 20s or 30s these days uh, and you don't have money that you're inheriting, you are far less likely to be able to buy your own property. Uh, something that was almost taken for granted uh, a generation or two ago uh, is out of reach for people uh, unless there is money that is being passed down through family that gives you the chance of a deposit uh, on, on a house of, of your own. Now, Peter is saying something, well, something similar. He's saying, you know, there is an inheritance. You have something to look forward to, something that will give you life that just now you cannot see. Now, for us, uh, for most of us, we have the things we need. The basic things of life uh, are there for us. And so... It can be difficult thinking about the future. It can be difficult to think because we think about heaven, we think about clouds, we think about angels with wings. Um, it's all a little bit pie in the sky. And yet, uh, Peter was really clear that this is something that God has given us and that we need to hang on to. It's really important that we know what we are looking ahead to. And what we are looking ahead to is perfect life with our Father. 
And we've talked about uh, in the last weeks about the fact that we are all children of the same Heavenly Father. Peter say, he has prepared this for you. Your inheritance is waiting for you. And let's be honest, what do you do to earn an inheritance? Absolutely nothing. And that's part of the inherent unfairness of it and, and why it's got in the news. You, you get given an inheritance depending on the actions of um, your ancestors, your parents. It's not necessarily to do with what you have done, how you have worked, what you have earned. It's someone else's place, someone else's work, what someone else leaves behind. And so therefore, this is not our doing. People say, God has done this, and it's prepared for you, and you can receive Now, for a number of people, the issue of retirement is a live one. And the issue of what sort of retirement they want. And if they want a retirement which is filled with holidays and comfort, then the question how do they save for that? What sort of pension scheme are they in? What is it in pension does their employer offer? I have to be honest, I have occasionally daydreamed about having invested in Bitcoin uh, X number of years ago or Microsoft years before that. Uh, if you look at you always look at the stock market and you see one or two individuals who can stand up and say, I invested in this when it was not worth much till now, everyone knows about it. And there you go. Imagine going back two years and investing in Zoom, the company that produced um, the software that allows us to do video calls that our PCC uses and no one had heard of before the pandemic. And yet suddenly Zoom is everywhere and it's ubiquitous uh, and the people who've invested in it at the beginning have seen their investment oh, multiply a ridiculous number of times now at the same time uh, as we talk about zoom going up people invest in bitcoin and bitcoin has done this and this and this and this and up and down up and down and people have invested going this will be my future this will double in value, triple in value, quadruple in value, and then I can retire and I can live on the profits. And sometimes that goes back. People invest things in something that will grow hugely, and it crashes, and their money is gone. There is devastation, there is hurt, there is all sorts of consequences. And I think it just highlights how we not our actions, but God's actions. This isn't about the inheritance that we create. This isn't about what we work towards or what we make This is about what God has done for us. Now in our John reading, you hear Jesus talking to the disciples saying, I am going to the cross. I don't have a place And we've heard uh, Reverend Ali speak before about uh, a Middle Eastern wedding where the groom will propose to his bride and that he will go to his father's house and he will build uh, 
another story on his father's house. He'll create a room in his father's house for his bride. And then he will go with his friends and collect his bride from her parents' house. And together they will go to his father's house to start their married life together. So the bride in this instance does not earn her future life. The groom is going. His place is safe because of the father. He builds in the father's house and then he comes and he takes his bride to be in that place with him forever. And Jesus says to the disciples, if this were not true, I would not have told you. But this is your future. I am preparing a place for you. And then I will come back and I will take you to the place that I'm going to so that we can be there together and bless um, his poor disciples. Thomas, we don't know, Lord. We've no idea where you're going. We, we, how can we know the way? Jesus, I am the way. I am the truth. I am the life. It's if you know me, then you know my father. You do know my father. You've seen the father because you've seen me. And this actually this gets us to the, the heart of uh, the Christian message, which is that we talk about salvation. We talk about, are you saved? Are you forgiven? Are you going to heaven? And actually salvation in the Bible is past and it's present and it's future. So we have been saved by the actions of Jesus. What Jesus did on the cross means that our sin is dealt with, death is defeated, that is done. We have been saved. But we are also being saved. We're being made holy. We're being redeemed by God's work in our lives. We're being made more like Jesus. That work is ongoing as we're being made more the people Jesus uh, has created us to be and we will be saved we will be completely saved completely redeemed completely safe when we are in our father's house with our lord jesus living together forever that is our future that is our salvation and it is coming but it is not here and so when we talk about, are you saved? Well, in one sense, the answer is yes. In another, answer, in another sense, the answer is not yet. It is all part of our salvation, a past, a present, a future event. That is our hope. Now, Peter is writing to Christians throughout the Roman Empire who've been scattered, who've gone to different places. But he is able to write this because this is true for all of them. This is true of every single one, whichever language they speak, whichever place they are in, whether they are slaves or whether they are free, whether they are male or female, whether they are Jewish or Gentile. It doesn't matter. This is their reality. They have been saved. They are being saved. They will be saved. And so as they have to leave belongings behind, as they flee persecution, as they begin life anew, as they think, oh, I've lost so much. They're reminded 
Look, the authorities are against you. Everything you have might be taken away because you're part of this small uh, cult in the eyes of the Roman Empire. You might lose everything again, but your inheritance, that which Christ has earned for you, that is waiting for you, and that cannot be taken away, cannot be destroyed or defiled. It is there for you. And so therefore, for us, there is that sense that we are, we are safe. Not just we are saved, but we are safe because God has done this for us. We are part of a new family. We have a new name. We have uh, a new inheritance that is nothing to do with what we earn or what we can do. And all the grace of the Father. So, what does that mean for us? Well, partly it's about our own humility. That none of us have got this completely sorted. None of us um, have things the way they are meant to be forever. Because what we have right now, however good it might be, is flawed. It's human, it's broken. It does not bear comparison with the inheritance that God has for us to enter and enjoy one day. It, it, it just cannot compare. And so in our present, we hold lightly to that which we have. And we look ahead to that which we are going to share. And so at St. James, as we uh, pray in our different languages, we pray in our different ways, as we have our different traditions, we acknowledge all of them as being part of God's truth, part of the church. But they're not perfect. They're none of them complete. They are all of them a taste of what perfect life and love God has for us in the future. That thing for which we are longing with all of our spirit and soul. And so as we meet together, we sit lightly with our style of worship. We sit lightly with um, what happens in our church building. We do the best that we can, but we don't fret if things don't go perfectly. Because our God knows we're doing our best and that our best is always going to be fragile and human. And he has prepared something that is so much better. Now, over the coming months, we need to come back to church. We need to come back together. Uh, and for many of us who've been shielding, uh, that's going to be strange. For many of us who've only been uh, worshipping online through prayer meetings, or who've been worshipping through uh, our television sets and, and getting things off the, the computer. Coming back together in person is going to be uh, a jump. It's going to be difficult. And it's going to be really important to remember that what we have now is not the same as what we will have in the future. That is our hope. That is our, our destiny. And it's not something we control. God prepares it. We receive it. 
I don't know uh, what situation you're in at the moment. I, I don't know whether you are, uh, how, how stressed you are, how anxious you are. I don't know what material needs that you have. And in a sense, our passage doesn't answer that. We know elsewhere, scripture says, trust God with everything. He will give you what you need. He will provide for you. But the important thing is that we haven't got to do it ourselves. What is important has been provided for us. It is waiting for us. It cannot be taken away from us. Our inheritance through Jesus is in heaven, provided by the Father, and that will never be taken away, that will never disappear. So however you are feeling, be encouraged. Whatever language you speak, whatever songs lift your spirit, be encouraged. This hope is yours. It's all of ours. Not because we deserve it, not because we have earned it, but because our Father in heaven has prepared it for us. We are saved, but we are also being saved. And one day we will be saved. That is our hope. And whatever else is happening, we must hold on to that. I'm going to pray uh, and just invite God to be with us in the coming week and help us to focus on the hope that he has given us. Let's pray. Father God, thank you. Thank you for your new and living hope that you've given us. Thank you that it's based on something that has happened, that on Jesus' death and resurrection, which uh, is a matter of historical record, that we are saved by his death, that we are being saved by the gift of the Holy Spirit. But we praise you that however, however we are feeling today, we will one day be saved. We will be safe with you in our Father's house. Would you help us to grow this week in our understanding of the hope you've called us to, to receive it and to give thanks for it as the, the thing of grace and generosity and kindness that it is. Lord, fill us with your Holy Spirit and help us to hold to that hope this day and always. Amen. Thank you so much for listening or for watching. Uh, stay safe and God bless. Bye bye.